podcast into you from the center of a tornado. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I should not say that. I have a funny story about that. We should get right into that. <laughs> All right. Podcast into you. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no go ahead and re, restart. Restart. Yeah, restart. Restart. Take two. <laughs> you can't. You can't sidetrack when you're not even out of the intro. That, that's not. A lot. <laughs> oh, I can do it, buddy. I could. Uh, I'm not even out of the yeah, intro, and I'm sidetracked. Is, yeah. That's, this is how strong the ADD is with this one. <laughs> <laughs> you're listening to Revelations Radio News with Andrew Hoffman and Tim Kilkenny. Listener supported podcast located at revelationsradionews.com. We must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military industrial complex. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations, a new world order. Either you are with us, or you are with the terrorists. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Podcast to you from the center of Tornado Alley, uh, where I am in Edmond, Oklahoma. I am one of your hosts, and my name is Tim Kilkenny. And podcasting from Piedmont, Oklahoma, where even even the storm clouds are beautiful. I'm Andrew Hoffman. <laughs> so I have a funny story. We have to tell this story because Sunday was wild, even for somebody who's from here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> Sunday night, we're like wrapping it up. We're getting ready for the week. Wife's already in bed reading. I hop in bed. Um, I was going to show her something real quick on my phone that I wanted to share with her, and then I was going to hop in the shower. Like we're we're whining. It. Kids are in bed. It's over. We're winding it down. We're, you know, we got young kids in this house, so we're trying to get in bed as soon as possible because we're up early. I'm trying to go for a run or whatever. She's doing work, so. Anyway, uh, I'm like on my phone trying to find something to show her. Or I already showed her. I don't even remember. And I get this email that comes in from, it's a Revelations Radio News email. So it goes to a special folder of people who are on the website. Oh, look, we have one now. I should check it. Uh, but it was from our good friend, Polly. And Polly has uh, donated and I think is a big supporter of the show. Uh, it said, praying for you and your families, stay safe. And I'm like, what? And it says live storm watch YouTube link. So I click it and it's like all these amateur guys talking about, look, there's this storm and it's moving up through Oklahoma and it's going to develop tornadoes and da 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 da. But it's like what, these weird. YouTube. What time was it? 
Well, I'll get to that. I don't know. Okay. Uh, uh, Six oh six. It says so. That's when okay. it came through. That's not right because uh, that must be a different time zone. Because there's no way everybody's in bed by six oh six. So I would guess maybe it's eight. Eight oh six. Okay, would be my okay. guess. Maybe it's two hours off. I don't know where his IP address for my emails from. Anyway, so I start looking at it. I'm like, this amateurs. I don't. I don't know. I'm, I don't trust anybody but the David Payne News Nine guy. Like, I'll I'll turn that guy on. So I turn mm-hmm. on News Nine. <laughs> and I'm like, what's going on? This is weird. Oh, it's weird. And I'm like, in the back of my mind, I'm like, first off, it's nighttime. It almost never happens at night. Second off, it's February. So this is very unlikely. And I'm watching David Payne's this and he's that. And oh, it's a storm pulling in. Da, 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 da. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the girl's like, I think this right here, look. And so they have this new thing. And he claims it's the only one in the country that's strong enough to do it. But they have a radar. Live radar. Live radar that can see debris. Right. And he said, look at this blue right here. There's debris. There's a tornado on the ground. It's like near the fairgrounds. I'm like, what? Oh, yeah. Uh, At that point, we're like, and like, I stood up. I was like, well, let's go (laughs) go make sure the storm shelter's open. My wife gets up. She's moving, getting blankets. And I mean, it went from in a period of about 10 minutes. My wife's like looking at her phone. She's like, I don't see anything coming. I'm like, yeah, it's weird. And then all of a sudden it's like, I'm up and opening up the storm shelter. And they say, yeah, there's, it's on the it's on the ground near the fairgrounds. It's coming up. It's going to go Hefner Parkway or Hef, near Lake Hefner. We got, I mean, a tornado on the ground. It is nighttime. It is probably 8, 9 o'clock. It's probably 9 o'clock at night by the time this all happened, 8, 9. 9 o'clock when it hit the metro, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, so that was wild. I mean, completely out of nowhere. And I'm like, we basically got everything ready. Like I said, I got a two and a six year old. It's like, do you wake them up? Of course, you don't mm-hmm. want to, you know, leave them in danger, but you also don't want to have to deal with putting them down again. And so I watched, and I'm insane. So I walked outside and stood in the street and was looking around, and I, I, you know, I couldn't see anything, which I guess is, was a terrible idea on my part because this is one of those rare tornadoes and was actually a good thing because it actually didn't do much damage but it was going too fast the thing was going like 60 65 miles an hour so yeah, faster because of it that going, it, uh, at one point the storm system was going 80 miles an hour that's insane Crazy. yeah that's insane because yeah that's just that's just wild so and, but i guess because of that it's it's going so fast the tornado never really gets good suction and and stays and so it keeps skipping up and back down so there wasn't a ton of damage in the metro even though we had three four breakout of course poor norman one two one or two down in norman hit um and they've probably formed over my uh my dad's old house out there on the river because i lived there for six months i think we had two form over our heads out there i mean it was it's wild out down there but anyway yes yeah so the uh <laughs> It did not sneak up on us. I'll no. put it that way. No, we had uh we had I'll just say very the closest of family members mm-hmm. texting me a full like five days in advance, like really worried about you, we'll be praying for you on Sunday and I'm like, oh, well, what's really? going on, on Sunday? So I had, <laughs> and it's like well, you know, just all the tornadoes and stuff and so so yeah, we were watching the the news nine thing and it was and we we've got our storm radio and yeah. the 
the thing went off. All the tornado sirens around the yeah, house went I sh- off. I should Everything tell, was going. I should tell yeah, people, was, too, that the wind was so strong. It was whipping around like crazy. But the wind is strong around here in general. But it was really strong. And then the tornado sirens went off. Like, to- like I got up to check the storm shelter, and the tornado sirens locally start going off. So, yeah. Just a big old siren. So, anyway. But it, everything either went north of us or south of us. So, it was... Uh, you know, if I hadn't known there were a bunch of tornadoes, if it weren't for television, if I'd just like been here, it would have been like, oh, it was kind of a mediocre thunderstorm. It wasn't, you know, it was high winds, but it, we oh, didn't get right. a ton of rain. We didn't yeah, get a ton of that's lightning. Right. But I spoke to your wife, and she she said that you guys didn't even get that much rain out there. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, was, it was extremely windy and rainy here. It was yeah. So on Monday. Uh, I went, it was 74 degrees. Yeah. That's so that, anyway, so, go ahead. So I went down and, and played, uh, Lake Hefner at mm-hmm. the golf course down mm-hmm. there and ended up playing with the guy who's, uh, who teaches right by there. And he said, and lives by there and said it was, they were like talking about his neighborhood on the news, like tornado on the ground, you know, he said that's the first time he's ever actually like full on grabbed the pillows and <laughs> got in, got everyone on yeah. the floor and expected the windows to start busting in. But uh, it it missed his house, but it was right right in the area. And man, it mangled some pretty big power poles, just like a whole couple miles of them, wow. just tore them out. So wow, yeah, it's yeah, it was, that was that was the thing that it really started to register because, like I said, old kind of jaded Oklahoman in me was like it's February it's nighttime it's nothing gonna happen and then it starts to register it's like wasn't it like 75 degrees this week and wasn't it also like 24 degrees this week it's like oh this is this is this is the issue this is when the fronts meet that it becomes the the whole issue and I think one of the wild parts about that storm and I think what's his name even said the same uh David Payne or whatever he's like at one point they had like 70 mile an hour winds feeding into the storm as it right. came like directly into the storm as it came across the it, wild. Yeah, he said it it the fact that it was cool really saved us. He's like I don't I've never seen any I've never seen a setup like this. Like the entire state. Yeah. Top to bottom had this storm front moving yep. across it at like 80 miles an hour. Yeah. Kicking up uh you know with like 50 60 mile an hour winds sustain and kicking up tornadoes out of it i think there are 15 tornadoes Jeez. documented the, tornadoes so. goodness gracious and there was one uh they saw like i kept watching it after it moved through the metro because after a minute i was like man i'm gonna be awake for <laughs> yeah the adrenaline got going i stood in the yard for like a idiot and uh the adrenaline's going so i'm like i'm gonna be awake for a while so they keep chasing this thing further east Mm-hmm. And there was a lightning flash, and I and you you could actually see it. There's a yeah, that was cool. Did you see that? <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, yeah, we were watching all that yeah. on the news. But it was, yeah, it was like, oh, I don't know, should we like go in our little you know <laughs> non storm shelter? Right. It, I'm sh- that did not get brought up around the house several times or anything. The fact that <laughs> I promised a storm shelter and there's no storm shelter in this house, but there's. There is an interior room with no uh, Doors with or windows. no windows. You yep. know, the pantry is right in the center of the house with with no windows or anything. So that's our. So we were we were debating, but uh, they never 
they you never pointed were, to our yeah, area there. You so guys weren't it, in any danger. It didn't seem yeah. like. So anyway, crazy. It was big news around here. I spoke to a couple people the next day at work and around. It was there. Everybody was talking about it. It was just kind of out of nowhere, just straight up chaos in the middle of the night. So that was uh, that was wild. I guess they predicted it, and uh, I heard we may have more tomorrow night. So yeah, yeah. So yeah. we'll see. So I'm. I sent you a picture from the from that night from the storm from mm-hmm. about a half mile away from our house. I didn't take it, but oh, that I photo was, was a cool half picture. mile from your house. Yeah, Piedmont Road, right at the uh, Piedmont Road and the expressway. I saw you changed it. You put this on your Twitter profile. That is a heck yeah. of a photo. So it's a I don't know show art. There you yeah, go. Yeah, it's it's, it's pretty. <laughs> Revelations Radio News with the yeah she put the <laughs> logo in the storm clouds yeah anyway. maybe everybody thinks we're nuts I was just thinking as the more we talk about this like why would they move there it's like I don't know I used to I know. It, it, I have to say though like I almost you know like I was paying attention to it mm-hmm. if if I get wiped out by a tornado I will be very surprised because it's like <laughs> My my level of concern over like tornado versus, you know, all the eugenics operations, <laughs> night and day. <laughs> well, and I've been like I said, I've I, you know we know we know I've grown up around here. I've always kind of you know people make a big deal. Oh, the tornado, the tornado. It's like, yeah, but like when an earthquake hit Seattle, like everyone felt it. A lot of things were affected, and it wasn't even a big earthquake. But like, right. you know. You know those sort of natural disasters, hurricanes, earthquakes, tsunamis. I mean, it's, but with a tornado, yeah, it could it could hit your house or it could hit your neighbor's house and not touch your house at all. It's just very, it's very random, and I don't. Yeah, it's weird. It, it's like it's like we have to try to to tell local uh, like people who have moved here. It's like don't freak out, but this is serious. But like don't freak out. <laughs> like, yeah. it's like there's a delicate balance. Like no, no, this is serious. Like we do we do have to take this serious, but. There's no need to panic. Like try to remain calm, make make good decisions. Yeah. Well, that's a that explains why I didn't hear from you on Sunday. I was like, ah, oh, it's kind of weird. Tim Tim's not even checking in on us. Not worried about us freaking out over the tornadoes. But bro, it all happened so fast. We were like, we're. We, I mean, we live in our own world. We got. The- you were so far from freaking out that you didn't even know it was. <laughs> going on <laughs> my boss at work was like i was starting to wonder should i text people like are they up they need to make sure like i have a responsibility to check in with them afterwards like it was wild and i said something i was like yeah it seems like they set off the toilet tornado alarms for anything these days he's like no dude we were in danger that was that was messed up i was like okay yeah fair enough all right well i mean here we go 30 minutes in we're still talking about the weather yeah well it's uh you know we got the chapters on the podcast 2.0 app so you can just skip over it no problem fair enough so we Dreb, got uh, Dreb scott sir dreb scott doing that for us well I'll, I'll follow it up with the the story of the year what story self, of the year self-proclaimed story of the year by steve kirsch okay all right so game over medicare data shows the covid vaccines in, increase your risk of dying not so much news to people who Listen to our podcast, but uh, I'll, I'll read a little bit of it. This may well be the most important article I'll write in 2023. In this article, I publicly, 
publicly reveal record level vax death data from the gold standard Medicare database that proves that, number one, the vaccines are making it more likely that the elderly will die prematurely, not less likely. Number two, the risk of death remains elevated for an unknown period of time after you get the shot. In other words, we did not see it return to normal. And number three, the CDC lied to the American people about the safety of these vaccines. They had access to this data the entire time and kept it hidden and said nothing. All right. If there's one article for you to share with your social network, this is the one. Hmm. Executive summary. Isn't it a shame that none of the world's governments make the vaccination death records publicly available? My claim is that if they did that, it would end the debate instantly and prove to the world that the vaccines are unsafe. So that's why they keep it locked up. But apparently there is one whistleblower who is interested in data transparency. Last night I got a USB drive in my mailbox with the Medicare data that links deaths and vaccination dates. Finally, this is the data that no one wants to talk or even ask about. I was able to authenticate the data by matching it up with records I already had. And the analysis that I did on the data that I received matches up with other analyses I've received previously. <clears throat> so that's pretty cool. And he's got a link to it. So you can download the Excel file with all the all the same data. So That's awesome. So I'll let people read. It's a, you know, I mean, we knew it, but it is still a big deal. You know, for the... If you're trying to talk to someone who is not aware of all this stuff, that's a, a good resource because it's kind of tough to argue like, well, here's, you get the vaccine, you're more likely to die sooner. So not, not ideal. So. Not ideal at all. Yeah. The same. So. Yeah. Look at that. It happens at the first shot the second shot and the third shot yeah so he's got got some good charts in there and yeah okay very much the opposite of what the vaccines were advertised as doing they knew it they kept it going anyway and on a related note i thought i threw this in here um there it is. The hashtag lockdown files, which is, these were obtained by the Telegraph. Okay. Where someone uh, basically leaked to the Telegraph thousands of Matt Hancock, the health secretary's uh, WhatsApp messages with members of government and oh. or with other members of government and members of the media. Isn't this our guy who's uh, having an affair? Uh, while, yeah. Yeah. While yeah. the lockdowns are happening, he wants right. everybody. While, to stay while he's in got place. everyone locked down, and yeah, yep. Yeah. So, this is an example of an exchange. This is between the health secretary of the UK, Matt Hancock, and. George Osborne, the editor of the Evening Standard, he says, I need, Matt Hancock says, I need to call in a favor tomorrow. I currently have 22,000 spare slots tomorrow at my drive throughs the drive through vaccination sites. Hence, I've extended eligibility today. Demand just isn't there. This is obvious, or this is obvious 
good news about the spread of the virus, but hard for my target. Apparently, target number of vaccinations? So I could really do with a testing splash. Can we make this happen? The response? Uh, how dare you? I'm a upstanding newspaper man. No, that's not the response. <laughs> uh, he says, yes, of course. All you need to do tomorrow is give some exclusive words to the standard and I'll tell the team to splash it. Okay. So, And then it's like, Oh, everyone, you know, oh, look at all these COVID tests, all oh, positive tests everywhere. We're all going to get COVID. You better get out and get vaccinated. Or tests, at least. Yeah. Wow. So, anyway. Um, oh, yeah, I guess that could have been, let's see. Yes, you're right. Drive through testing. Yeah. So, this was a. Uh, scare people into getting tested so you could then scare them into getting vaccinated later that year. Also, uh, just just a side note, I'm always looking at technology. Uh, turns out your WhatsApp messages not a secret. Yes. <laughs> so what's up with Signal not uh, handling SMS messages anymore? I don't know, man. I think it's a focus on the wrong thing. Now you can post a story instead of a SMS. I think first off, there weren't. It was it was taking up a lot of their resources, and second off, I guess I kind of learned through this whole process that SMS is like the most unsecure version of communication that exists. Essentially, yeah. anybody within thirty miles or between you and your and your cell tower can intercept an SMS message and read exactly mm. what it says. So, yeah, it does. It puts us in a weird spot. Those of us who are using Signal, because now you got to use something different for messages. Uh, to the people that won't adopt Signal. Yeah. Exactly. Looking at you, Will. <laughs> and James. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know. But Signal, Signal, I think is still. I believe it to be secure, but who knows? There's still there's a couple others. There's something, th- threesome, three three tree three, three. Oh, what's the name of that one? There's that one, and there's another one where they don't even use your phone number. Like it's like there's mm. a, there's a few of them. So no, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. But WhatsApp owned by Facebook, we've always known has been an issue, and here yeah, you know, the, the stuff has leaked out. It's but that's like a European problem. Our European listeners are. You know, this is a this is a thing for them because over here in the states, there's not a lot of people who choose or use WhatsApp. It's iMessage, Google Messages, or you know, Signal or Telegram or something. Oh, but, really? I didn't realize that. But in but in yeah, but in uh, in Europe, especially and around the world, WhatsApp is a bigger deal. Like it's hmm. a it's almost the prefer, preferred version of text of text communication. Yeah. So. So I've got the. The overall lockdown files uh, that'll be in the show notes if people want to check that out. Interesting. It's, uh, you know, it, I haven't dug deep enough to know if there's any selectivity. I'm sure there's selectiveness in the way it's reported on. Sure. But uh, kind of weird. But it's, th- it's, it's, you get the Twitter files, now we have the lockdown. It's mm-hmm. kind of an interesting yeah and they got the whole like okay it came from a lab like it's really okay to say it now you know we got all this east palestine right stuff ramping up so hey hey did you know covid came from a lab 
And did you know the Pfizer's like working on modifying that that scary virus? And as we've talked about on the show many times, if you want to scare people, you can't just use the mainstream media anymore. You have to use alternative media. And there is no one who's more alternative media than Chris Sky. We've played his clips several times. He nailed the whole lockdown thing. And I see a, a new tweet from him. I'm like, oh, sweet. Chris Guy's got something new. He's got a new story, exclusive story. And I have to say, I was a little disappointed that, that he didn't see where this was coming from. So we've got uh, Chris Guy, avian flu, of all things. Give me just a second here. There it is. This is a worldwide warning. So, I read a story about avian flu, that's the bird flu, and this has a one and two kill rate. So, half the people could get infected, die, it kills children, kills healthy people, and in Cambodia, they just announced that a little girl died and her father got infected. So this is proving human to human transmission. If that wasn't scary enough, I just got random messages from a freelance pilot who said he's been contracted and so have many other pilots and they've never moved this many amounts of drugs in their life. And the two drugs they're moving are Tamiflu and Paravimir, which are both treatments for avian influenza. And they're transporting these drugs to Netherlands, England, United States, Australia in amounts that have never been sent, according to this pilot, before. Uh, they're covering something big up here. I did warn you that if they did try to do another pandemic, the one thing they would want is for children to be affected and children to die so they could scare you guys back into submission. Uh, check it out. Was Google the story, Cambodia, little girl died, father infected. And I will post the screenshots of the pilot who sent this to me. All right, a couple problems here. If you actually read that story, they admit in the story, we don't know whether it was the virus was transmitted from the, the sick girl to her father or if they were both exposed to the same right, right, source right. of infection. Sure, because that makes sense. That's the thing with avian flu is that, oh yeah, supposedly the kill rate super high, which I, I very much question that. But the what's admitted, and the reason it never takes off, is that you can't get it. Like, you can't get it person to person. Okay. You have to get it directly from a bird somehow, which, I don't know... The whole thing's sketchy. It's a, you know, PCR test nonsense. That's how they're killing off a bunch of chickens all over the place. Oh, PCR test says you have avian flu. We got to cold the herd because, you know, pandemic stuff. So, and th this whole, like, they're flying Tamiflu around. Okay, they're flying it to all the Western countries that manufacture it. 
what is this? This is the this is like Steve Quayle. My sources, my sources tell me that you know well, the, we're all being FEMA camps tomorrow. Stuff. Hey, like, come on. Man. So obviously we don't think he is a uh, you know a, a Fed or anything like this, but. You know he is he is the the level where you would want you know people would want to send him disinformation right. see what see what comes out the other end see what they I'm him. just saying he should have known this was disinformation I agree, I agree. Uh, dis- disappointing from the man who you know predicted in twenty predicted the outcome of the uh, pandemic lockdowns and following actions by the Canadian government so. yeah yeah. No, that's that's true, and I I actually have a Chris Sky clip myself, so I don't know any better time to play it. I guess we got to move forward, but let me see if I can play this. This was I I thought to be interesting. The news that nobody else can and nobody else will. So I got a call from a whistleblower, City of Edmonton, fifteen minute cities, and they're talking about how all the lights being replaced all over the city are being replaced with smart lighting that are connected to the internet, that can listen, that can watch, and they all work together. So, how did this all happen and how's the World Economic Forum behind it? Check this out. Philips, the world leader in connected lighting as a catalyst for so-called smart cities. This tells you right here that these are designed these designed are work together with an open infrastructure to collect data about themselves, the environment, the people, and events. This data can be analyzed and shared via software platforms and mobile apps to save energy, streamline operations, like finding people they want, and make people feel safer and happier. So, what is Philips? Philips is the world leader in lighting. So how did they try to get it so we didn't know that they're using these lights? In 2018, Philips changed its name to Signify. Here's Signify's website. Signified proud of the brands of Philips. Signified is also, this is the World Economic Forum partner website. So let's go down and see what Signify is all about. Right on the World Economic Forum website, you will find Signify. And what is Signify for? Signify, formerly Philips Lighting, which they admit, is to make smart lighting and connected lighting for smart cities and the 15 minute cities as you can see everything's connected wow it gets even better <laughs> city of edmonton if you think i'm lying as of 2020 to 2022 the city of edmonton will be changing 46,000 street lights to leds these are leds is a euphemism for these smart trackable lights so they're changing 82 percent of these city uh, of the lights in the city and they say it's to save greenhouse gas emissions but in reality we know it's about track trace control and now we have further proof that the world economic forum not only tells our government what to do they actually provide them the companies and the means for our enslavement and our government is more than happy to work with them and do everything they can to try to obscure it Yeah, yeah. Track tracing database. That is the plan. But uh, I don't know if you heard it or not. But uh, James Corbett did kind of a follow up on the Canadian inquiry, and this will come as. I hope you're sitting down, Tim. I know you use a stand up desk. I do. Yeah. The inquiry found that the Canadian government 
did not do anything wrong. Oh man. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, like so close. I thought they were going to put Justin Trudeau in Gitmo, but uh, no, as it turns out, it's like, uh, well, reasonable people could disagree. And I don't think it was obvious that the government needed to declare this emergency. It was, it was a reasonable decision that they did so. I, okay. I sent you. I sent you a message earlier that about my semi-viral tweet, which was just a screenshot of somebody listing out that Trudeau was taking donations from the CCP as far back as 2016 and soliciting donations for different, giving up different parts of governance to you know socialist ideals at the least, and then yeah. just just below that, it's this famous twi- uh, Twitter person, a Canadian girl. Uh, but she said, "You know, what's the what's the charge for tre- treason in uh, in Canada?" And these were just randomly next to each other on my timeline. I screenshot it, and you know, a bunch of people retweeted stuff like that. But one of the comments that came out of it was, "You know, it's kind of insane that you have the president of a of a country soliciting donations from a foreign power for their own political campaign, and that's totally fine." But if you want to send some money to some truckers who have set up bouncy houses <laughs> and, you know, bouncy houses and, and kegs in the middle of a city. With a we'll bunch take of, your bank account. Yeah, we'll take we'll shut your whole bank account down. Yeah, yeah. So totally fine for the president to solicit the CCP for donations. You sending money to truckers who are holding a peaceful protest with bouncy houses and hot dogs and everything else. We'll take we'll take all your money. You can't do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's I mean there there is more to it than that. People should listen to the the episode. I don't know if I'd recommend going and reading the whole actual report. It's kind of like the 9/11 commission report where they ah, make it yeah, yeah. thousands of pages just knowing that no one will read it. Yes. So you don't you don't say like, "Wait a second, the actual chapters that say what happened all come from the same source and that source was Someone who was tortured into confessing by the CIA. Huh. Strange. And just told the sign that this is what happened. What's that, almost... dude's, what's that dude's name? I could see him in my head, and I haven't heard his name ever since, but he was Philip Zelikow, is that it? Yeah. Yeah. He was one of the 9-11 commission yeah. people. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. All right. Well... Got Couple train stories. Chris Sky quote out of the way. Onto the train. Onto. Yeah, we'll do a couple trains. They're just. This has apparently nothing to do other than just the general um, collapse of Western civilization. Okay. Theme. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. But fiery grease train collision kills thirty-two people, injures at least eighty-five. This was today. So Greece. So this is it's, pasture. It's, is is this the idea? Sorry, is this the idea to just make it more? We're just gonna be more dependent on government. They're just gonna blow stuff up and just destroy our infrastructure until we're more dependent on government. Because we basically said no to the jab and the whole stupid plan. I, I don't know. I think it's well. To make people more controllable, you want to make them less mobile. 
So I think there's an ongoing attack on on being able to move around freely, whether that's within your city, you know, the whole 15-minute city city. thing, Mm -hmm. or country to country. Okay. Like, like I can't believe the U.S. still requires proof of vaccination for not citizens flying in. It's like, well, that's, you know, (laughs) it's not about COVID, bro. (laughs) This is, it should be very, very obvious at this point. It's part of a larger, a larger agenda, you know, break everything down. And the East Palestine train thing, uh, I've got a couple new, and other things. I mean, it that. seems like every other day I'm seeing another derailment or a, right. <clears throat> an explosion or, hey, this is a food plant burning for days at a time. And it, it's a combination of deliberate actions, but then also just putting things in such a state that, you know, like the end result is an accident, but it's a very predictable accident. And I think the East Palestine situation was a combination of those two. So you had the just general horrific uh, conditions of the railroads and the fact that it's it's a factor of, you know, an order of magnitude cheaper to uh, pay off Congress to make sure you don't have to fix all your stuff if you're railroad companies than to fix all your stuff. So they've they've been putting off changing braking systems and doing some other stuff, which is, you know, kind of important. Um, well, we have, well, let's, a, let's talk about the hot box issue. We had our, our good friend David from a suburb of uh, Boston, Massachusetts, email and explain. I guess he's a bit of a, uh, <laughs> a train buff himself that this is a hot box situation and hot boxes where a wheel starts to seize up or bearings seize up or bearings go bad and it heats up and then causes a bit of a fire and that that causes issues right basically the wheel's not turning it's just skidding and so so then we have you know too much friction it starts a sparks and then it starts what can be a fire lots of damage there's a uh, he explained the caboose was for people to watch for hot boxes to see hey there, you know, we have evidence of of that happening now we don't have hey there's flames shooting off the side of the train maybe yeah. we should stop yeah. yeah now we don't have a caboose we have all the union issues we don't have cabooses anymore it's all done electronically which is great I'm sure it's all connected to the internet I think uh, uh, Dominion probably runs it so it's no, <laughs> no big deal I'm sorry no but uh, we have now we have video of like 40 miles out the hot box happening there's a still yeah. still shot of this thing 40 miles out so it was it was going for a long time how did it not activate supposedly the hot box was never detected ah this whole thing stinks so the so he sent us a video with the guy who's like out there working on the railroad that's mm-hmm. like a you know train conductor channel sure i don't think he's he but he was responding to like a report that picked up excessive heat thing and he's like oh it's probably a sensor issue and in that case it was but then um he kind of explained what he thinks happened so it's a good video it'll be in the show notes i didn't kind of tough to clip because a lot of it's visual sure um but it's called a failed defect detector and the train derailment at east palestine 
And it's from a channel called CCRX 6700. That's railroading. So I don't know what that means, but I'm sure the railroad aficionados do. Uh, Interesting video. And also interesting was one of the comments to it that says, Dave, that's the person who runs the channel. I have confirmation that it was indeed a burned off journal. I don't know if that was a misspelling or journal means something that I don't understand there. Inside wheel, and that's what's causing all the sparks, is the wheel being pulled against the brake beam and causing the wheels to slide at high speed. The bearing was trending for three detectors prior, and dispatch failed to notify the crew. Like you said, this all started right after the Salem detector, and by the time they got to East Palestine detector, it was beginning to derail. They went into emergency before the engineer could react, and that's all she wrote. This information comes directly from a Norfolk Southern supervision supervisor at Conway Yard relayed to my supervisor. Hmm. So, <clears throat> and the there's some back and forth to that comment where, like, the person who made the video certainly seemed convinced that that was legit. So, it was... Interesting. The the part of it that's very so I you know, I I can buy that that it was mainly just incompetence and stuff falling apart that caused the derailment. But the part that wasn't caused by incompetence that was a deliberate act of you know, terrorism was blowing the thing up. And putting that toxic cloud of all sorts of, you know, dioxins into the air. When you got a a low cloud ceiling, an inversion layer like a thousand feet up. It was, no one has been able to come up with a, a reasonable explanation for why they did that. And... Joe Biden said, oh, the EPA was in there two hours after the derailment. Okay, well, then they were certainly involved in the decision to go ahead and do what they did, weren't they? So, Yeah, and I think, uh, yeah, it's like they made it worse, right? They like, It's toxic no matter purposefully, what. Purposefully, yes. I, you're yeah. saying purposefully, yeah, yeah. It's toxic no matter what, so at that point, you decide, okay, we're going to blow it up. It's still toxic. Right, like in, in all forms, We're, it's still a toxin. Yeah, it, it was the worst possible thing to do. Because even if it, like the supposed thing they were worried about it happened, like a, a full-on, you know, explosion, it would burn a lot more of it off. This is like small explosion and then just Ejected like ongoing yeah. toxic cloud, just ugh. It's like Fukushima all over again. Wait, what? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'd rather have Fukushima. But at least he got... Yeah, I don't... It's so double, it's double up story on your from pellets. Yeah. Well, I, you know, and I'm not saying there's, like, no issues there. It's just... It's some nasty stuff. Um there was a Robert F. Kennedy Jr. podcast. Um, I forget the guy's name who he interviewed, but 
interviewed just a, a journalist, but who covers the transportation system mainly. Okay. And his his standpoint is very much a you know I guess liberal of like the Robert F Kennedy Jr. type. Sure. Like we need government regulation. Yeah. But he he went through it and it worked through well kind of the Canada. the whole story because he you currently have they're they're trying to blame stuff on Trump for rolling back at the supposedly wonderful Obama regulation about having to have two people on a giant train. Mm. <laughs> Um, and he said, well, that's true. The backstory on that is that the Obama administration, especially after there was the horrible, like bomb train deal, like right on the Canadian American border. I kind of remember that thing killed 49 people in, in Canada. Um, but I mean, you know, it happens a few miles down the track. It happens in the U S and so they're like, oh, maybe we should, you know, make try to make sure this doesn't happen again. And so they, the Transportation Safety Board said, like, if it's carrying hazardous, like a hazardous chemicals mm-hmm. or flammable or what have you, you know, these should be the rules. And so what they, the Obama administration did is instead of going with that recommendation, they took a bunch of money from the railroads and they said, okay, well, we'll exempt, we won't classify stuff like vinyl chloride as falling under this regulation. Basically, it was just oil. Like, that's all we're worried about, oil and gas. You know, any other chemicals, eh, it's fine. Just do, do what you want. So do you really think that they changed the regulations like five weeks before? <clears throat> Is that a, it feels like a... Uh, it was... Less time than that. It oh was, my gosh. but it was legit. I heard Kennedy. Kennedy wouldn't have talked about it if, right, right. if he hadn't fact checked that. I've I've heard. I haven't heard anyone claim that didn't happen. You know, it's like really weird coincidence to say that vinyl chloride is a hundred thousand times, so that it would take a hundred thousand times more vinyl chloride to be deadly. Than what they previously had listed on the website. That's wild. They changed it by a factor of a hundred thousand. Yeah, so it's it's safe because we just changed what's safe, and we're not measuring for dioxins. So you know you're you're fine. Get back to work. Uh, story from Fox News: East Palestine train derailment site workers are getting sick. Their union says. They're experiencing migraines, nausea, and other effects of, what do you know, being exposed to toxic chemicals makes you sick. There's reports of kids miles away getting weird rashes. Like, this is just, you got to get out of there. And you really do. It's Someone is going to be a good neighbor and take you in and it'll work out, but you got to get out of there. It's just, and unfortunately out of there is not localized, not nearly as localized as it should be, right? I mean, if it's in waterways, obviously the air went all over the place, but at least it's a lot more diluted the further out you get. 
Sure. Yeah, and there's a bunch of disinformation. I saw one map. It's like, these are all the tributaries that are affected by the Ohio River. It's like all of them. Like, on this, <laughs> on this side of the Rocky Mountains. Like, if gravity doesn't exist, are you serious? Like... <laughs> Yeah, they yeah, so, it's eventually going to go to the Mississippi River and then on down to New or- New Orleans. This is down river. Right, but but it's not going to go up into Minnesota. It's not coming over here into <laughs> the Colorado River or the Arkansas River. Like what do you, you guys are If a, if a if a river flows into the Ohio River. Yeah. The Ohio River doesn't flow up that it's, river. Exactly. Yeah. Just have you yeah. seen that map? There's some map. This is all the stuff that's going to be affected by this poison. So America's No, like, I think like doomed. There, there's always the fake stuff that's yeah. put out to like you know discredit and then they'll debunk that right and yeah. be like see we tell it's safe you don't have to worry about it because someone put out a fake map of river, yeah. river what do you think about this i think the gravity exists and this is a stupid map so yeah, <laughs> yeah. so yeah i think it was uh man um if you need further convincing that the whole environmental green thing is yeah. not actually designed for for human health. You could look at the East Palestine thing and a new story from the Defender. EPA greenlights climate-friendly fuel made from discarded plastics despite high cancer risk. <laughs> US, <clears throat> U.S. EPA... Protection Agency has green-lighted the creation of fuel from discarded plastics as a climate-friendly alternative to petroleum. But according to a new report by ProPublica and The Guardian, the production of one of the fuels could emit air pollution so toxic that one out of four people exposed to it over a lifetime could get cancer. One out of four. Um, Let's see some quotes from the article. That kind of risk is obscene, said Linda Birnbaum, former head of the National Institute of Environmental Health Sciences. You can't let that get out. That risk is 250,000 times greater than the level usually considered acceptable by the EPA division that that approves new chemicals. So, you know, but it's uh, it's going to be in rural Mississippi where they're going to make it. So, you know, let's back. Go ahead. It's greens for the earth. It's not from oil, so it must be good, right? As they're bringing all the manufacturing back to the United States, it's like, are we just going to bring all the toxic manufacturing <laughs> We do the toxic stuff here. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, wind turbines were always one of my, my pet peeves. Uh, plenty of wind turbines in Oklahoma, but fortunately not super close to here. you got to get out of town a little ways. Not much. I made it but, up to uh, uh, Oklahoma State to watch a basketball game last week. And the basketball game, the arena right next to your buddy, T-Boone Pickens Stadium. Yeah, T-Boone Pickens went all in on the wind turbine scam, that's for sure. Uh, he made a lot of money in oil and oil alternatives. Uh, by 2050... Used wind turbine blades will exceed 43 million tons of waste every year. Because guess what? They don't last forever. And then what do you do with them? Uh, This is about wind farms in uh, Casper, Wyoming. Which, if you've ever been to Casper, Wyoming, you get a lot of wind there. It 
it does make some sense to put wind turbines in Casper, Wyoming. Um, the speed at which, by which wind farms are being constructed across the U.S. is going faster than a spring wind in Casper. In about 20 years, the wind turbines put into operation today will be nearing the end of their lifespan. The ones built 20 years ago are nearing it now. Since the blades are very difficult to recycle, the waste stream created by the retired blades is a mounting problem. According to a 2017 study published in the Scientific Journal of Waste Management, the world's wind industry will be producing 43 million tons of blade waste annually by 2050. That's the equivalent weight of 215,000 locomotives. The U.S. and Europe will account for 41% of that. The size and weight of the blades vary, but the average length is around 120 feet and they weigh around 5 tons. Some of the largest can be as long as a football field and weigh 20 tons. Currently, there are no scalable, cost-effective technology to recycle the blades, and most of them are going to landfills. Yep, they're burying these things in the ground. Yeah. Wind turbine manufacturers are looking at ways to make the blades more recyclable, and some recyclers are looking at ways to reuse the blades in hopes of keeping them out of, the, out of landfills. But, yeah. Wasn't we know, there no we know how recycling... They have a hard enough time doing recycling on your milk jug, okay? Wasn't there a no agenda story where they were trying to eat the wind turbine? <laughs> I think uh, that vaguely rings a bell. But the, yeah. we talked about the the fact that most recycling is just shipped to China. Yep. And then they just dump it in the river. <laughs> and then the river goes out to the ocean. So you talk about all the horrible plastic in the ocean and the, you know where all that comes from? From people in Western <laughs> countries recycling. That's where all that comes from. <laughs> Oh, from the Guardian, wind turbine blades could be recycled into gummy bears, scientists say. <laughs> Researchers des- design composite resin for blades that can be broken down to make products, including sweets. Two gummy bears made from composite resin that could be used to make wind turbine uh, blades. The next generation of wind turbine blades could be recycled into gummy bears at the end of their service, scientists have said. Researchers at Michigan State University have a composite resin for the blades by combining glass fibers and plant-derived polymer and a synthetic one. Once the blades have reached the end of the lifespan, the materials can be broken down and recycled to make new products, including turbine blades and chewy sweets. Wind power is one of the dominant forms of renewable energy. However, turbine blades, usually made of fiberglass, can be as long as half a football field and can cause problems with disposal with many discarded in landfills when they reach the end of their use cycle. To combat waste, researchers have designed a new form of resin. Digesting the resin in alkaline solution produced potassium lactate, which can be purified and made into sweets and sports drinks. There you go, man. (laughs) It it does kind of make you wonder, like, if... If they're like, okay, we've got this industrial waste that we need to turn into food, what's the closest thing to industrial waste? Gummy bears. It kind of makes you rethink uh, eating gummy bears there. But. I know, I know. I, I'm I, I'm a sucker for Swedish fish, too. You ever you like Swedish fish? They're okay. I'm, it's not my favorite. I, yeah. I love, you know, I try not to eat them very often, but I do like a good gummy bear. Black yeah. forest gummy bear. But. Oh, yeah, black forest. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> 
No, it's uh, it's bad. It's bad for your teeth. The, the chewy, the sticky stuff, all bad for you. Oh, I'm sure it's bad. All sorts of bad. Yeah. Because yeah. originally the gummy stuff was there like actual gelatin, like well, I think made from a, animals at one point, on but I'm sure it's not of, anymore. On the side of Swedish fish, it still says gelatin, but it also says carnauba wax. So. Yeah, which, which you can use to buff your car. So yeah, that's <laughs> what you. It's how you wax your car. It's a little car yeah. wax. Yeah, I mean, so we talked about the EPA. Uh, just a little other government agencies that people aren't a big fan of. Um, the ATF mm. put out a tweet. Oh, good. ATF HQ. Today we remember and honor the life and service of Special Agents Conway LeBlou, Todd McKeon, Robert Williams, and Stephen Willis, who were killed attempting to execute warrants at the Branch Davidian compound in Waco, oh Texas gosh. in 1993. So, uh, let's see. This post currently, they had to have cut off comments, Ratioed. right? Be, you be. would not believe the ratio of this thing. <laughs> it still only has 517 likes. It has 1,847 quote, treat, quote oh tweets. Goodness gracious. Are they still allowing? It looks like they're still allowing comments, though. So, I, yeah. My, my response was, uh, don't worry, we haven't forgotten. <laughs> there was uh, Luke, Luke Rudkowski said has a picture of a chipmunk and just says here for the comments yeah and then uh oh one of the anti-war scott horton says the ratio means that we hate you <laughs> and so his, his tweet that says the ratio means we hate you has 2692 likes the original tweet from the atf has like 500 526 yeah, yeah. so it's yeah I'm partial to the Superman seeing the ATF on fire and then putting Clark Kent's uniform back on. Yeah. So the... I'm sure we've got listeners... I mean, 9-11 was a long time ago. Waco was a long time ago. Yeah. 1993. So there's... If you are uh, a young conspiracy realist and you haven't looked into that, you should. Well, and you're not a Netflix guy, so I, this is my job, kind of my beat. But that the Netflix documentary they put out—it wasn't even a documentary; it was a uh, what, what do you call it? It's like a live. I guess it's like a movie, but it's, reenactment. Thank you very much. That's what I'm talking about. The Netflix reenactment that they put out a couple years ago was like it was so strongly anti-government, anti-ATF. It like it made me wonder, like, what are they trying? They're trying to make people mad at this point because it. It just showed, like, yeah, the guy's a little crazy. He had some weird beliefs, but like, they murdered kids. Like, they get they like like the finale he, is them being trapped in a room and being burned alive. Like, and, and you knew the some of the characters and who they were, and it and it shows this like ridiculous standoff. It shows the guy in charge being a complete tool bag, who I think is now the head of the ATF, right? Uh, yes, oh, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty maybe sure. not the whole thing, but he's yeah, he's some muckety muck. Yeah, you you definitely you kill a bunch of kids, you get promoted. And he famously what, poses from, next to the ashes of uh, dead kids. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the David Koresh, 
would mm-hmm. go jogging in town almost every day. He was a local hero. Not I don't want to say hero, but he was a local figure. They could have arrested him any time they wanted. Oh no no no. No, we we need tanks. And it's we weird need- too. It's about some like shotgun that they were selling or supposedly were in possession of, and they like roll out there. They, they didn't didn't start with tanks. It just starts with this weird like, hey, you got to do this. You got to watch that. I mean, I should, maybe I'll figure out a way to get that to you. But that yeah, that video is nuts, man. That the reenactment is nuts. Everything's well, that's fine. What, that's all one of the doing weird cult stuff, which wasn't wasn't you know. But then all of a sudden, it's like. Hey, they're ramming into us, and they're going to set the building on fire. Like, is that the original Alex Jones documentary, Road to Tyranny? Yeah, is that the be. first one? Might be. I think Stephen Dettelbach. I think Stephen Dettelbach is the uh, head of the ATF, <laughs> and he is. Yeah, and he no, he's the one. This is when uh, Biden first got. Or it was last year. I don't know. Biden gets in office and yeah, he nominates this this buffoon who's famous for posing beside dead kids. Do, 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 do. Career, yeah. political campaign, unit attorney, director. Come on, it's, they're not even going to put it here on his his page. Waco? Should I put Waco? No. Yeah. Maybe was maybe it, I got the wrong guy. Well, was it Waco or was it Ruby Ridge? Oh, what about it? What do you, what do you mean? Well, I feel like I I know we were talking about a story with the guy who was involved in one of the, one of the horrible things now being the head of the ATF. But I I can't I'm I pretty didn't sure it was it Waco. Was, okay. Yeah, it's him. This is him. Okay. Yeah, well, that's how you, that's how you get punished. Yeah, <laughs> for unnecessarily killing dozens of people. Yeah. All right, you get a long career in government and promoted all the way to the top. Yeah. I don't know. I'm still not convinced because I can't find his name related to Waco at all. Anyway, let's move on. I thought you found it. I thought that's why you said it was Waco, but okay. All right. Well, I don't, yeah, I'm not sure either way, but I do remember us talking about something that could have been that. Yeah. All right. Uh, just no real rhyme or reason, but, uh, three different oil refineries, in Mexico, owned by the same company, Pemex, caught fire in the same day. Hmm. It seems kind of strange. That was about a week ago. Uh, related, related tweet. Uh, so a Chinese spy balloon flies for five days over the country, and then a bunch of factory fires happen. Then a, a horrible toxic plume spreads chemicals over multiple states from a train derailment, and then five people hired by the train company to measure the air and water die when their plane crashes three states away while they were responding to another factory fire at a metal alloy factory. And then three oil refineries owned by the same company explode in Mexico and the United States t- today. And then mysterious powder falls to the ground over a two-state region downwind from the toxic chemical plume in Ohio. 
<laughs> Am I ridiculous for pointing this out? So there you go. Uh, it just seems seems like a pattern. Yeah. Like they're trying to kill us as quickly as they can get away with it, but and and distract from doing it. Right. So. Are we under attack? That's what I'm saying. Are they trying to make us more dependent on government by? Well, I mean, if you break everything, then that does create dependency. Yeah. So I, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Is that, yeah. You know. Yeah. And control, it's easier to track you and trace you if you stay in the same place. But yeah. Yes. I get that. But don't worry about the bird flu. and. Like the list of things to worry about, bird flu is even below tornadoes on my list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is very visual, but pe- people can look it up because I I don't, you know, Elon Musk's Twitter account not hard to find. Um, first Starlink version two satellites reach orbit. Tim, <laughs> and if you watch that video to the end, they cut it off just a half second too late. So the fisheye lens is actually inverting the Earth. So instead of looking around, it looks concave. Hmm. So right at the very end. I had uh, the most bizarre experience yesterday. I was getting swung by the, the barber shop, getting a haircut. Not for me. I have no hair, but for the boy. And uh, one of my son's classmates was in there and his mom. And so me and his mom started talking. And one thing led to another. And she basically tells me the earth is flat. (laughs) Just normal conversation. Facts, man. Dude, normal conversation. (laughs) Like nothing. Like these kids are in the same class. This is a great place to get a haircut. Did you see how many chemtrails are outside today? I was like. I, I yeah I did I saw that and she's like yeah it's something going on I'm telling you and then she was you know I was telling my daughter about it and I said well it's you're using the wrong term don't don't have her search chemtrails have her search high altitude aerosol spraying that's what you have to search and <laughs> then she'll find something she'll figure out what you're talking about and then next thing you know she's like yeah anyway you know I was telling her too that you know there's a good chance that there's a you know we live in a dome and it's not actually a globe and you know, the firmament and all that. And I was just like, this is uh, real life, isn't it? (laughs) I can't get away from this. It's everywhere. But she's like, yeah, this is, I think that, I think this, this might be the case. She's like, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but it makes more sense than anything else. So I was like, yeah, she's a hundred percent sure. If she's talking to, you know, somewhat random stranger, person yeah. in a barbershop well, not only, I'm, like, sure. I'm worse than a random person I'm actually worse than a random person I'm going to like see so, so much I, you might see again I am going to yeah. see her again 100% I'm going to see her again yeah. and then she's like did you get the vaccine oh you're a pure blood I'm like oh my gosh this is so great <laughs> <laughs> this is like wow this lady got to wait till the second date or something this is like really personal <laughs> It's really personal, <laughs> so that's cool. Whatever, man. If that's, that's that's your deal. But she was she was excited about it all. She's I think she's I don't know. She's I felt like she just kept throwing like feelers out there, and I responded accordingly, like the way right. she, the way that you know she could, so she like 
maybe went 10, 20 steps past where she normally does. But yeah. Was, like, well, if you if you don't have a podcast to talk about this stuff on, <laughs> then it leaks out into your personal and everyday life. You know, this is the problem. This is pod, podcasting is is therapy. So. <laughs> podcasting is therapy. It might be a good show title. Podcasting is therapy. You got to, uh, you know, it's the the nice part about podcasts is there's enough people out there that will will at least be interested in what you have to say to that you won't feel as as crazy you won't feel as alone so you won't be chatting up this random random guy at the at the barbershop but i mean come on chemtrails oh, she did chemtrails yeah she yeah. went chemtrails she went covid masks and then at the very end was like and also the earth. She said something interesting, though, and I think you alluded to this uh, a little while back. Um, she said there was some sort of story. She born and raised around here, so grew up around here. But she said there was some sort of story a few years back where somebody, some gal from uh, Tinker Air Force Base came out and said that they were doing some sort of chemical spraying. Oh, really? I yeah. And I then she's, aware of that. she's, I, that wasn't either. And she said, but it's impossible to find anymore. I mean, the internet is scrubbed. You cannot find that. Hmm. So I thought that was interesting. It's maybe a, a place yeah, to, for, for people that know how to, to start looking, how to yeah. find stuff that Google doesn't want you to see anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be interested in seeing that. Yeah, for sure. Cause we have a ton of chemtrails. I mean, it, here. it makes sense that, the Air Force would at least be involved in that program. But. Oh, wow. I just uh, I just searched it, and I found a video on YouTube from the Harp Report, and it says, Tinker Air Force Base Chemtrails Factory. Interesting. So we've got plenty of, plenty of things to search out here. Yeah. Mean, meanwhile, not the... Not Tinker, but the army base is it Fort? Is it still or yeah, Sill? Fort Sill, S I L. Yeah. Okay. We're we're training the Ukrainians on the on the tanks there in Lawton. Could go wrong. Yeah. Oh, good deal. Good deal. That's down by where you went hiking. That's like the the only hills yeah. to hike on around there. Yep. yep. So the the almost mountain. Yes, the biggest hill. The biggest hill. The biggest hill, 1,990 feet. Yeah. Ten more feet, it'd be a mountain. It's on a technicality, but it's there. Uh, I got a couple. <laughs> I got a couple things for us here. Let me let me jump in. Uh, this election stuff is not. There are still people fighting election things, and I thought that was good. So here is uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Do you see this? Where she goes after the the Georgia election. Manufacturer, um, excuse me, uh, election <laughs> overseer. Well, thank you very much for your expertise on this issue. Gabe, I do not consider you an expert on this issue. As a matter of fact, I consider you a major problem. And here's why. My ex-husband showed up to vote in person in the 2020 general election and was told he already voted. And they said, you, Mr. Green, you have voted absentee ballot. He said, no, I haven't. I never requested one. I never filled one out. I never sent it in. 
and he had to sign a form surrendering a ballot he never voted on and never sent in in order to vote in person. Now, that complaint got largely ignored. No one listened. We reported in the news. We reported the Secretary of State's office. Reported it constantly, and no one gave a shit about what happened to him. But guess what? It wasn't just him. There were many, many people that reported the same issue, not just in Floyd County, but all over the state. And I want to tell you something else. For you to say there were no dead voters in Georgia, no, that, is, that is there was there was thousands of dead voters in Georgia. And then and then the other thing is you have constantly shilled for this election, and I'm going to tell you, it's it, there was blatant, outright fraud in the 2020 election. Complete and total fraud. You know it. You absolutely do know it. And I'm going to follow up with one more thing. Trump won Georgia. I know you don't like for me to say that, but I am convinced that he did. I'm born and raised in Georgia, lived there all my life, campaigned all over the state in the 2020 election. And for, to, to come in here for the Election Integrity Caucus, and for you to be on the panel, it's actually insulting to election integrity because I think you did a horrific job for the state of Georgia. And I can't believe that our tax dollars have to pay you to run our election system. You were formerly a Georgia uh, state employee and then you got to be a contractor during the election. Well, I, I think that was, that. I don't, I don't know why that happened and no one else got picked, but somehow we ended up with you. But there were massive problems. In the recount in Floyd County, they recovered over, I think it was over 2,000 votes for Trump in the hand recount. Floyd County is a tiny little county, teeny tiny little county. To, to recover over 2,000 votes for Trump in a hand recount is outrageous. And then we have the whole catastrophe of suitcases coming out from under the table, videos of them re-scanning uh, stacks of ballots. All of this went on, but the Secretary of State's office said, oh, flawless election in the state of Georgia in 2020. And, I'm, I, and it's not. I'm sorry, it's not. And I hate to tell you, but there are many Georgians, and I'm one of them, that have no faith in our election system in Georgia. And I'm still upset about it. So the fact that I get to come in here for election integrity caucus, thank you very much. Thank you and thank you, Claudia. But this, I don't find any election integrity here. She's just saying what all the rest of us are thinking. Yeah, there's still stuff going on in Arizona too. Uh, funny you should mention that. Well, I think the oh. They're still fighting these things. The new information that came out earlier this week where they, they're taking the case on the merits. This isn't just a, you know, they didn't have to take the case. They could have said, you know, we're actually not going to take the case. And they said, actually, we looked at it. We're taking the case. And so Tuesday, the defense has to file their brief. And then we have until the 24th to file our rebuttal, I guess you could say. And then the three panel uh, judge uh, panel will take a look at it and make a decision. We are still going to push to get the into the Arizona Supreme Court. It's going to end up there ultimately. We'd like to see it go there sooner rather than later. We don't want to have this cartel operative, this cartel owned, um, you know, goon, Katie Hobbs, sitting in the governor's office. Our state government is controlled by the cartels right now. The Secretary of State, Adrian Fontes, is a cartel attorney. And the cartels completely control Arizona. And that's not what the people voted for. We know they stole the election. We know they had 
intentionally sabotaged Election Day. And we we proved that in court and we will continue to prove it. We have more evidence coming forth. But we're not going to sit by and watch our state turn into what you're seeing in, in places like Mexico and, and Colombia. We're seeing the crime skyrocket. We're seeing people flow across our border, destabilization of Arizona and the whole country, drugs pouring in. And the CCP is connected. You've educated people on that. You talked about what they're doing in, uh, in research labs. How about the CCP infiltrating our university systems right there in Arizona? ASU, the Confucius Institute. They take over our research and they find a great little funnel to bring uh, CCP spies into Arizona. This has to stop. And what we're seeing right now, Steve, which is really scary, is Arizona is completely grassroots Republican. The grassroots rose up. We showed up and voted in droves. They had to sabotage Election Day to try to stop us. And now we're watching these uniparty rhinos, the establishment rhinos, going into all these LD meetings where the precinct committee members are meeting, and they're trying to switch them over as well and turn them into a bunch of rhino-led LDs. And that's not what it is in Arizona. It's grassroots all the way. I had no idea. I mean, I, I guess hadn't put two and two together it's not surprising but i had no idea the cartels would be interested in who gets into office as bad as she wanted to right. close down the border that made a lot of sense yeah they don't want her in let's the business is good let's do whatever we got to do to keep it going and you know mm. we got to stuff some ballots or you know do whatever we got to do to make sure she doesn't get in so she doesn't shut down part of the border because you can't affect the drug trade and the money you can't do that yeah I threw a story in there uh, from the Liberty Daily. Bombshell expert witness reveals installed Arizona Governor Katie Hobbs laundered cartel money through fake deeds and mortgages to rig elections, including her own. Hmm. So it's got like a 45-minute testimony thing, and this was a legit, you know, proceeding. The mainstream media is just proclaiming it debunked you know <laughs> baseless baseless conspiracy theory just no evidence just as like widespread a, voter fraud the only um they said well she wasn't under oath it's like okay well she, was she telling the truth or not i don't like debunked doesn't mean like she wasn't under oath when she was talking that doesn't debunk anything uh but basically there were Nine, because buying and selling houses is a really good means of uh, laundering cash. Sure. And it's Barack Obama did it. I mean, it's very much a longstanding deal in politics because you get to choose the price. Art's even better in some ways because it's really, it's way more subjective. subjective. But if you say... Um, you know, sell me your house for three times its value. There's not, there's not really a way to say like, oh, that's not legitimate. It's like, well, maybe they really wanted the house. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she went through. Uh, she owned like nine different properties, and most of them were when she was this with this, you know, nonprofit. What was it, Emerge Arizona or something? Right. Which is. So definitely shady stuff going on. I don't know if every accusation in there is accurate, but 
It's <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. So I'm I'm a hundred percent convinced Carrie Lake crushed oh, yeah. Katie I don't Hobbs s- in Arizona. I, I mean, think it's yeah. It's if if it was sixty forty, I'd be surprised that it was only sixty forty. Yeah. No, it's same thing. They have to. F- they really do have to rig all the elections. Uh, the rural Oregon towns that should be ninety ten, you know, are sixty forty, and then they, you know, Multnomah County is like ninety ten the other way somehow. So yeah. it's no, it's uh, uh, yeah. Every state, yeah, and you could feel it too. I had a sixth sense or just a gut feeling about this when these last midterms yeah. rolled around. I just, Katie's got to win, right? Katie's going to win. Katie's going to win. It's like, not because I was rooting for her because it's the only thing that makes sense. And of course she didn't because, or Carrie Lake, you mean? I'm sorry, not Katie. Katie Hobbs is the, is Katie Hobbs did win. <laughs> did win. No, Carrie's got to win. Carrie's got to no, win. I mean, the, they argue in one state like, oh, well, it's because of candidate quality. It's like, okay, you're telling me Carrie Lake's not a better candidate than Katie Hobbs? She's a local news face, <laughs> local like, news icon. Speaks you can't. Ext- not, I don't want to say speaks eloquently. Speaks with uh, tenacity and, and vigor that is hard to place on, you know, hard to find you, in, in, you on anybody. You can't find a better politician no. in the U.S. I mean, you can't. Fetterman, I guess you could do Fetterman. <laughs> Fetterman won. <laughs> it's like the guy can't even, he can't even serve a day in office. Fetterman wins. They got him locked in. He might not even be alive now. Ugh. I don't even know if he's alive. Fetterman looks like the, the, one of the bad guys from the Goonies. He can't put a full sentence together. Wears a hoodie to show you how serious he is. <laughs> Meanwhile, you have a completely polished, attractive-looking politician who's been doing nothing but speaking to the media for years of her life. Can't win a thing. And she has on the side of the people, let's close down the border, stop the drug trade, take our take our state back. Mm-mm. Election denier, Trump, Trump conspiracy theorist, supporter, Carrie Lake. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's... It boggles the mind. So you know what else boggles the mind? <laughs> I am so disassociated with football and what's going on. Is this real? Is this article real? Like let's <laughs> let's let's jump From into ESPN. <laughs> let's. I want to jump okay. into this because I didn't know if we'd get to this or not. Mainly but. just because I want to jump into this, and then maybe we can make our way to the donations after. But uh, is this real? Like I, I need you to lead up. However, you're going to lead up because I saw. I think I was at a, a restaurant or something, and I saw it on the the, the ticker. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. and I was like, that can't be right. Is that right? And then I I didn't hear anything else about it, and now here it is in this folder. So yeah. So Russell Wilson wanted Pete Carroll out, which Russell Wilson was the quarterback of the Seahawks. Pete Carroll is still the coach of the Seahawks. Quarterback denies. Russell Wilson pushed to have Seahawks coach Pete Carroll fired before his departure from Seattle, according to a report Friday from the Athletic. Though the Denver Broncos quarterback subsequently denied doing so on social media, according to the report, Wilson asked Seahawks, Seahawks ownership in February 2022 to fire Carroll and general manager John Schneider with the hopes that the team would hire Sean Payton to be the coach. In his denial, Wilson tweeted Friday morning that Carroll was a father figure to me and Schneider believed in me and drafted me as well. I never wanted them fired. All any of us wanted was to win, Wilson wrote. I'll always have respect for them and love for Seattle. 
I love Pete, uh, yada, yada. Um, lawyer for Wilson also dis- disputed the report as entirely fabricated. The Seahawks declined comment to the athletic. All right, so I believe it's real. I saw the them ask Pete Carroll about it. Okay, yeah, and Pete would know. Yeah, and he's Pete Carroll said, basically, I don't want to get into any of that. I always believe in standing up for my players, and I'll always stand up for all my players no matter what, including, including Russell Wilson, so I don't want to get into any of that stuff, which... Uh, means yes, it happened. Yeah, it's not a <laughs> denial at all. Yeah. And he's always class, classy like that. Like he took the the fall for the the interception, saying he didn't stop the play. He always tries to def- he he is a leader and a coach in that way. He will deflect and try to take ownership of stuff, not try not to throw anybody under the bus. Yeah. So it's you know the it's an. Int- <laughs> You could write an interesting book on that whole saga. No, there's a, yeah. Call it one movie. Yeah. Netflix special. Yeah. One. Or, I'm sorry, it'll be Amazon because Richard Sherman works for Amazon. Oh. One yard to to the dynasty. One (laughs) one yard from a dynasty. Yeah. And then the subsequent implosion. Richard Sherman comes out looking insane because of his weird run-in with the law. Earl Thomas kind of looks insane because of his weird run-in for the law. But their overall objections with the way the team was being running, not insane. Yeah, yeah. Given the pass to the golden boy for everything uh, was not not the way to handle that. No, it's... I, I will say... Seahawks certainly not the only NFL team to treat quarterbacks that way. Yeah, no, that's true. But uh, yeah, it's it's disappointing that Pete did that though. Because yeah. what a what a mess and what a ego. I've I've got a, I got a book recently. It's called Ego is the Enemy, which I don't know. I feel like a lot of people just the ego just gets a hold of them. Just start. Going. Yeah, if you if you want to avoid um, letting your arrogance and ego run away with it you probably don't want to marry a pop star <laughs> probably not the most like oh, sane down to earth person just just saying but trying to avoid ego man- probably don't want to model yourself after jay-z just crazy out there ideas russell wilson but uh yeah Ugh, that character arc and i know too much about him so it's just so, 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 uh, it's like a train wreck. I wonder if our buddy Carl from Hungary cares at all about us talking about who this Russell Wilson character is. Probably not. Well, all I can say, Carl, is at least we're not talking about XFL. As you guys have noticed, this show has no commercials. There will be no ads. Un- uncommercialable. There will be no ads for MeUndies or uh, ZipRecruiter or what's what's some of the other ones? Do you listen to any podcasts with ads or do you refuse? Do you just shut it off? Don't, don't just, just hold uh, In general, no, I, I do hear the occasional ad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's always yeah. jarring because most of my stuff's like, you know, 
valuetainment or you know value for value or james corbett or chris white and it's like there's a lot of you know everybody's donating and and keeping keeping the pirate ship running uh omaha steaks omaha steaks that's a good one commercial yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. that's like one i want to support right no you don't want to support omaha steaks you want to support the the beef initiative k beef initiative knc cattle knc cattle got my my shipments on the way should be here tomorrow oh you ordered some beef yep from texas slim again i actually what i did was i went directly to the ranch you found one around you no no no. i mean ordered it directly from knc cattle gotcha because shipping was like a hundred dollars less so we should we should talk like uh coming up so i I still know some people down south there in the blanchard newcastle area we can get a whole cow for like uh Maybe it's a half. It's like nine hundred bucks or something like that. But if we split it, I think we'd have a lot of meat. You have to have a freezer though, big freezer. Yeah, which I, you know, I don't yet. But yeah, change that. Anyway, folks, before I get too much further sidetracked, there is no ads. There will be no ads. There will never be ads because we just talked about the Earth being flat. Uh, Russ, <laughs> Russell Wilson uh, uh, trying to, to get his entire coaching staff fired and then uh, talked about uh, being... Train a, derailments. Train derailments and a being a pureblood. We antagonized federal agencies. Antagonized federal agencies, yeah, yeah. And then talked about chemtrails <laughs> as well as Tinker Air Force Base. And Accused the federal things. government of trying to kill us all. <laughs> yeah, this is... You know what? You know what? We should have. It's a, there's a there's a thin line between eclectic and insane. Let's face it. <laughs> Fair enough. If you guys enjoy this eclectic podcast, then I hope we're on the eclectic side still. Uh, yeah. Please send us your cash. <laughs> Sorry, that's a, a quote from uh, George Bush for uh, Puerto Rico after the uh, or no. Uh, Haiti after the big Haiti. earthquake. Don't send yes. us blankets or waters. Just send your cash. No, anyway, send uh, send money via Give Send Go, uh, via uh, Buy Me a Coffee, via PayPal, via PO Box if you prefer. Or you can send prayers, or you can send stories, or you can send us emails. We basically love it all because you guys are helping us to produce the show. You are steering the direction of the show and keeping it all going. Uh, Without further ado, did you get the spreadsheet open there? I do. All right. So for Revelations Radio News 311. Ooh, 311. We received... Is that accurate that it was a give, send, go? I guess he's already converted. Oh, over, no, he's so. long converted. He's like... Yeah, <clears throat> long, that's right. Long okay. converted. So all give, send, go donations, at least that I see. I have a P.O. box, which I'll grab. Okay. Uh, so Go we ahead. received a $25 donation from Danny in Medford, Oregon. Thank you very much, Danny. A $13 donation from Robin in Parts Unknown, who says, Love and Light. Uh, clearly also a No Agenda listener. Thank you, Robin. Caleb uh, from Batavia, Ohio, sent us $50. Thank you very much, Caleb. And we got some good good email from him as well. And Rick from Parts Unknown sent us $10. We've had 
at least one Rick who's a regular contributor to the, to the show. I'm not sure if this is him or not. I believe it is. I believe it is. Okay. Uh, I got two P.O. Box donation. Of course, we have our good friend uh, Luke from Nevada, Iowa. So thank you so much for sending that along, Luke. And then also, I got a new one. This is from Dale in Ankeny. A-N-K-E-N-Y, Iowa as well. Hmm, interesting. Ankeny. Ankeny, Iowa from Dale. He sent a check for $50. And he said, just doing my best to help you guys get to 52 shows a year. Oh, thank you very much, Dale. So, and we, we did have you put it on a separate uh, page of the spreadsheet, but there is one PayPal donation. Uh, Robert sent us five dollars via PayPal, so thank you. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the first of the month, five dollars. Thank you very much, sir. So, yeah, that's it. I think. Well, thank you. Did you get Caleb's to those? Caleb's quote there, Riches profit not in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivereth from death, Proverbs 11.4. I had not scrolled scrolled over, so that's a good, excellent scripture, yeah. <laughs> Indeed, riches profit not in the day of wrath, uh, relevant from, I don't know, was it last show we talked about, Chris White's Day of the Lord podcast, or maybe the a couple ago but i think it was mentioned at least uh last week or the day before or a week before but yeah yeah so and the older and grumpier i get the uh (laughs) the more that those passages of scripture appeal to me but I did have a uh, financial blessing of sorts I could share, Tim. Yeah, let's do it. Sorry, I thought I thought I was being tight. No, that was good. I, so we had for our youngest, we she got ear tubes, and it was kind of a weird thing where they're like, "Oh, your insurance—it's going to cost you more with insurance than if you just pay us eighteen hundred dollars cash." So we're like, "Okay, we'll do that." And then they called up like the day before the surgery and like, you have to pay it right now or we won't do it. Like, okay. So still kind of strange. So we did that. And then about a week later, we get a bill for $760. Like from a, from an anesthesia. Oh yeah. 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 Yep. 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 Yep, yep, yep. And yep, it's yep, like, yep. oh, great. So mm-hmm. they're going to say, mm-hmm. like, oh, well, that didn't cover the anesthesia, mm-hmm. you, you know, if you wanted the. So, you know, I'm I'm ramping up for my. Gearing up for a fight. Gearing up for a fight. And I. So we got it on like Friday and had to stew about it all weekend. And then I called Monday morning. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry about that. That bill went out on accident you have a zero balance so like oh i don't have to (laughs) i don't have to protest this or anything thank you so that was that was quite the relief definitely a 760 dollar bill not to uh that didn't really exist so i will tell a short story uh very similar but to protect uh 
my wife, I won't t- tell too much in depth, but she ended up in the hospital for a procedure. And uh, yeah, we received a full bill for a huge amount. I think the total was like $30,000. And I was like, uh, this is a long, long time ago. This is like 2012, 2013. I was like, there's no way we could pay this. What the heck? And then it came through. Oh, that we're sorry we sent that. Actually, it should have been this one. $15,000. Oh, okay. Well, that's terrible too. I don't know how in the world we're going to pay for that. And then... Um, then, uh, yeah, then we got one, I think it was a month or so later. It was like, actually, no, you owe us $72. <laughs> yeah, that's a big difference. <laughs> yeah. 30000 to 72 So, ended up being $72. And so, I'm not sure what, who's in charge of billing. Like, oh, we sent the wrong one. It's like, almost, I almost felt like on that one, it was like they were fishing. Like, can we get them to just send us thirty grand? let us try. Yeah, I I did think of that. Like, how many people just send the check, and what happens when you send the check that you don't owe? Does that get sent back to you, or is no, that just definitely not sent back to you? Yeah. Sponsored by Pfizer. Oh, so I guess always, you know, it's probably always worth the phone call. Sure, sure. But no, it's that was a rude awakening for me. I had no idea. It's thirty thousand dollars. No, medical, it's just, there's no, I don't know. At least they all know what they're doing, so. <laughs> yeah, it's so reassuring. Super helpful. <laughs> they know so much about everything else. Yeah. Why would we expect them not to be perfect on, on billing there? But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, should we... Oh man, Saturday Night Live is just so irrelevant. I haven't. I don't know if I've ever watched a live episode of Saturday Night Live. I, okay. I used to see like clips and stuff, kind of regularly. Um, I mean, way back in the day, but I mean, lately it's just not not funny unless there's something controversial that happened, and something controversial happened. So. Uh, Woody Harrelson was hosting, and he made he, he had the gall to make a joke about that you know drew a comparison between drug cartels and big pharma. How dare he! So let's we'll play the the actual clip first, and then I've got a reaction to it. Hey, so the movie goes like this: the biggest drug cartels in the world get together and buy up all the media and all the politicians and force all the people in the world to stay locked in their homes. And people can only come out if they take the cartel's drugs and keep taking them over and over. I threw the script away. I mean, who is going to believe that crazy idea? So he said, you know, in 2019, they sent him a script, and that's what it was. Crazy. And uh, Joe Rogan commented not so much on the Woody Harrelson intro, which I I watched the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Really not very good. I mean, this is not Dave Chappelle level. No. But, But he had the, you know. So... I thought Rogan did a pretty good job of breaking down the media reaction to it and how that in some ways um, (laughs) 
makes what he said have more impact than what he said. Did yeah. you hear Woody Harrelson on yes. SNL? Yeah. Did you see that Another immediately after Woody Harrelson had that monologue on SNL where he's joking around about a drug company forcing you to take their drug? Right after it, the next day, there's all these hit pieces. Mm-hmm. Like, like they were timed. Like there's a hit, hit piece in Vox, there's a hit piece in Vanity Fair, there's a hit piece calling him an anti-vaxxer and a stoner. And he a, sucked on Cheers. In this <laughs> conspiracy theories, he's pushing conspiracy theories. No, he's no, 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 no. That's not what he's doing. He's, make, he's a joke monologue on SNL about something that makes people laugh mm-hmm. because you can kind of make a weird comparison to those two. That's the only reason why the joke works. Yeah. yeah. The only reason why it works is because people are thinking it. Like, so for you guys to come out and say, like, oh, conspiracy theories, doesn't, no, it's jokes about a possible conspiracy theory. And the one that he's describing isn't even, it's not even a real one. He's making a joke about what the real one was like. Maybe not the best joke. Maybe not the best delivery. It's SNL. But um, <laughs> the fact that that got this immediate response where all these people defend the pharmaceutical companies. They're all jumping in and defending them. Like in unison, they're all anti-vaxxer, stoner. In, you know, instead of saying it sucked, or instead of saying, hey, stick to acting, instead, right. you know, no, it's like they all wanted to jump in to defend the vaccine. They all wanted to jump in and defend the pharmaceutical companies from this anti-vaxxer, stoner actor who's talking. It's, it's just interesting that they all take that route. I, I, I get criticized in the monologue, but all taking that route, that's an anti-vax conspiracy theory. Like, is it? No, it's, he's joking about a, a way things went down. Yeah. Like, there's a lot to what he's saying, like, forcing you to take their drug. Like, that kind of, that kind of was happening. And if you weren't getting forced, you were certainly getting coerced. You were getting urged on by the government. There was probably a commercial for a medicine right after that. Yeah, probably right away. Right away. It's not like they're not spending money on all this stuff. Like, it's like, wh- why are we pretending? And so when he makes that joke and he talks about them buying all the media and then all the media responds as if they've been bought and paid for. That's pretty wild. Mm-hmm. There's so Pretty wild indeed. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know what Rogan's also thinking, even though he's, to my knowledge, he didn't talk about it, but what the media did to him, like the coordinated horse paste. Exactly. Yeah. Hit pieces on him. Like, he knows how it works. Yeah, they changed his, his they, they changed the, the color of his skin. They tinted it so he looked gray and unhealthy. It was just... Uh... <laughs> I mean, all yeah, all sorts of tricks. And <laughs> here's how to convince everyone that the media is not bought and controlled by big pharma. Like defend and defend big pharma and attack anyone who criticizes them, or even can be perceived as criticizing them in unison. There you go. <laughs> Very effective. All right, I have something I want to play here. Let me see. 
I got part of a sermon I was listening to this week, and I followed it up with uh, another video I had on uh, morning routine. Let me see here. Morning routine of Jesus. So anyway, I have been training for the Oklahoma City Marathon coming up in April, April 30th, I think it is. So I'm doing a lot of running early in the morning. Don't want to leave my my wife high and dry with the kids for hours and hours at a time. So I've been trying to run, get up early in the morning and listen to sermons and go for a run. I've been doing some praying and I came across a pretty cool sermon. Uh, I've clipped a little part of the sermon out. And then it uh, also led me to this other clip. It's a little bit longer clip, but it just talks about it uh, early in the morning. Uh, getting into prayer is a good model that uh, Jesus actually used. So I am going to play the first part of the sermon here. In fact, we're going to look at Philippians chapter 4. We're going to start in verse 8, and to give you context, the Apostle Paul was writing this from a Roman prison. He was locked up on house arrest, not an ideal situation. In fact, a very uh, terrifying place to be, awaiting possible execution. This was kind of like worst case scenario. And here's what he said. He said, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. And let me tell you what he didn't say. He didn't say, God let me down, which he could have thought that. He didn't say, I can't go on with life. He didn't say things couldn't get any worse than this. No, he said this. He said one final thing from a Roman prison. He said, fix your thoughts. Somebody say, fix your thoughts. Put that in the chat. If you're watching online, put it in the chat. Fix your thoughts. I'm fixing my thoughts. He said, fix your thoughts on what is true. Fix your thoughts on what is honorable. Fix your thoughts on what is right and pure and lovely and admirable. He didn't say fix your thoughts on worst case scenario, on what you hate, on what you're afraid of, on what could go wrong, but fix your mind on what is good. He said, think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. I like the way uh, the New King James Version translated the same verse and the translators translate it this way. If there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, what do we do? Say it aloud. We meditate on these things. We meditate. Now, wait a minute. Uh, Isn't meditation some kind of new age um, you know, spooky, like become one with the universe, cross your legs, and hum, you know, isn't that what meditation is? Well, that can be meditation, but I wanna give you another definition of meditation and I wanna show you, show you just how scriptural and healthy the right kind of meditation can be. What is a definition of meditation? A simple definition is this, to engage in mental exercise, to focus one's thoughts. It's just to focus. In fact, if you look at scripture, there are many examples of godly people meditating on the things that are true and lovely and admirable and excellent, meditating on the power of God's word. In fact, the psalmist in Psalm 119, verse 15 of God says this, I meditate God on your precepts and consider your ways. In other words, I'm focusing my mind, God, on your truth. I'm training my mind to see your truth. Psalm 143, verse five says, I meditate, God, on all your works and consider what your hands have done. 
I like this, that Eastern meditation may have a different focus. Uh, I've been told that oftentimes in Eastern meditation, you empty your mind and you try to focus on nothing and get it into a state of calm and such. But Christian meditation isn't emptying your mind. Instead, it's filling your mind with truth. It's fixing your mind, it's, it's training it. Anyway, I thought that was good. That was kind of a throwback to when I was trying to talk about meditation. It's like not necessarily clearing your mind, but just thinking about God. Kind of cool. Very good. And then uh, the next thing was a little clip about starting your day with Jesus, starting your day in prayer. And I just, it's like a montage. Feel free to stop me. It's uh, several minutes long, but. It's, uh, I, think, I think it's good, at least the first few of them. And uh, if you want to stop me, just let me know. The scripture says in chapter 1 of Mark, verse 35, In the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went away to a secluded place and was praying there. Jesus began his day alone with God. How many times have I mentioned that to you about starting the day with prayer and getting alone, having a quiet time? If you're going to be a follower of Jesus, a follower does what the leader does, right? Well, somebody says, well, I pray. How often do you pray? Well, once in a while, no. If you are really a follower of Jesus, prayer is a major part of your life. In fact, how do you start the day off of living in this world without talking to God? And how do you go to sleep at night with perfect security without talking to God? How do you face the issues in life without prayer? That is, prayer should be a habit, and not only a habit, but a very important part of our life. And early in the morning, while it was still dark, he arose and he went and departed to a lonely place. And he was praying there. Jesus, he demonstrates for us that to be stirs of revival, that even when the whole city is at our door, when there's a need at church, there's a need at work, there's a need with this group of friends, there's a need even over here, everywhere, people are pulling at us and tugging at us, and our schedules are busy and full and replete with things to do. Put first things first so that we build margin into our lives, so that early in the morning, if that's the best time for you, what that symbolizes is priority wherever you need to put it in your life so that you have prioritized intimate time with the Father. Jesus knew, even if everybody is knocking at my door, I'm not going to let everybody else's expectations of me determine what I do with my time. I'm gonna have some supernatural priorities. I'm gonna put first things first and keep the things that are most important to my Father. I'm gonna make sure those things are also most important to me. Mark 135, and in the morning, long before daylight, he got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. So there's evidence all over the Bible that Jesus, first thing, spent time with God. And so why was Jesus up early? As the Bible reminds us in several places, up early before day, because Jesus, the Son of God, knew that he needed that time to be alone with his heavenly father to listen to the father all of us none of us are in such a situation 
that we are so complete within ourselves that we don't need God's direction. All of us need to take time to listen to God. If I start my day with God, He stays in the front of my mind all day. It's like a continuing conversation that gets started. It lets God set the agenda. It's let, it lets Him set the, the pace. It puts God in control if I start just by giving the, the first part of my day to Him. Somebody once said that God is your commander-in-chief, so don't forget your daily briefing. You have to slow down because God is never in a hurry. And you can't hear God's voice if you're just rushing all the time. You have to slow down to hear what he wants to say to you. That's why you have to get up a little bit earlier so you're not just rushing into your day and you don't have time. So you just find a quiet place, you grab your Bible, maybe a journal, get a cup of coffee or tea or whatever you, you want in the morning, and just go spend a few minutes with the Lord. Here's what Jesus said about it in Matthew 6. He said, here's what I want you to do. Just find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. You're not gonna try to put on airs or impress anybody. He says, just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. And the focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense His grace. Start with just a moment of prayer. A simple moment that says, Lord, here I am. I'm ready, I wanna hear from you today. Would you just open my eyes, open my ears, open my heart to whatever it is you wanna say. Well, there you go. I don't know, I'm becoming, uh, growing to like it a little bit, uh, getting up early in the morning. <laughs> And running and listening to podcasts, or no, actually, not podcasts, sermons, or worship music, or praying. It's uh, be becoming a bit of a life hack for me. Life hack: talk to God early in the morning before your day starts. <laughs> it's not really a life hack. Jesus, is, I thought it was cool in that clip how was, they kept saying "in early in the morning," and it's you know a reference to Jesus going and praying, and and uh, yeah, it's, it's just. It's a life hack for sure. Go pray and get yourself alone and spend some time. And I, I saw somebody say the other day, oh, you don't have time to, to pray or to get up, you know, to spend time with God or you don't have time to work out or anything like that. It's like, you look at your phone for too long? <laughs> Let's take, <laughs> take 15 minutes off of looking at your phone and then go to bed 15 minutes earlier. And it's like, boom, there's 30, there's 30 minutes. You could maybe bust out some push-ups and have some prayer. You know what I mean? But mainly just talk to God and spend the time. This last week at church, the pastor did a uh, one of these, you know, he did some math, right? So the average iPhone user or whatever, cell phone user is on their phone just under four hours a week. And so I knew what he was going to do. He's going to extrapolate out and do a bunch of math and show us that how detrimental it was. But even and I was like, ah, this isn't going to be a big deal. I already know about this. I'm trying to curb my smartphone usage. But he like totally extrapolates it out to like, okay, you get your phone. Let's say you're 15. You get it. You use it four hours a week, which is just under the average or just over the average. And then he, you know, times this many weeks, times this many months, times this many years, times like then you live until you're 80 spend 
10 years on your phone. 10 years. I was like, oh my gosh. That's a lot of years on a phone. It makes, well, you, the, it makes you wonder. Yeah, well, with cell phones and everything else going on, we don't have to worry about living to 80. So. No, come on. Always, always, <laughs> Andrew, always with the bright side here. <laughs> we don't have They'll kill us far earlier than 80, so don't, you know, it won't be 10 years, but that's, uh, I don't know, four hours, what was it, four hours a week? Yeah. yeah. Oh, there's people that spend a lot more time than that. No, they say it's the national average. I think, I think it was. Wow. Right? I, iPhone use average is four hours a week. No, wait, I'm sorry. It's four hours a day? I think four, four hours a day, day. Yeah, yeah. I think it's four hours a day. That's a lot. Yeah. And I, I can remember not, well, I guess it was more than a decade ago now, but, uh, you know, working at a hotel and people getting fired for getting their cell phone out at work. It was just like instant. Like, oh, go look for another job. No phones on the job. I don't think you could get away with that now. No. Man, I caught myself the other day. I even do the nervous, like, I don't, I think people are looking at me, so I pull my phone out and look at it. <laughs> <laughs> you ever do that? You ever, you probably don't do that. I know somebody out there heard that and was like, oh yeah. I'm like walking back from the bathroom. People are looking at me, look at my phone. Like, why am I looking at my phone? What am I doing? What kind of a nervous tick is this? Don't look at your phone. <laughs> Find my way back to the, to my desk without, Looking at looking at my phone. Anyway, get up early in the morning, pray, get some time alone with God. I highly recommend it. Good advice, and can wrap it on that on some words of wisdom from Tim, and actually get some sleep. Yeah, that'd be that'd be nice. That'd be nice. Any you want to hit him with any uh, titles that are going to be in the show notes? Uh, interesting article on podcasting where they ask all the wrong people all the wrong questions and they think oh maybe we need video or more controversial topics or more celebrities no so so I was just going to make fun of that article Um, but all the all the big money podcasts are going away and you know I'd if you don't have advertisers, you don't have to worry about losing advertisers. So, yeah. Also, there you go. I know that we're like well into the YouTube era, and no, all all respect due to Basil and Gons of Canary Cry Radio. But like, is it a podcast if there's a video? There's a lot of people. A lot of people just make videos and they call it a podcast. Yeah, I thought. There should be a difference. You should at least have to say it's a video podcast. I don't know. Nah, maybe I'm just <laughs> just an old grumpy old grumpy Tim talking about back in my day, back in the arts, the two thousand arts when podcasting started. There's also an interesting article uh, from Second Smartest Guy in the World, an interesting Substack account. 
CDC confirms 100% of reported COVID-19 vaccine deaths were caused by just 5% of the batches produced. And the majority of those batches were sent to Republican states, red states. Wow. Which, you think about it, it's... It's not the, like, diehard Republicans lining up for the vaccines in the states where they don't have to, right? Right. uh, But, yeah, very few um, vaccine deaths in California versus some, let's see, what was the worst one? Um, It wasn't Oklahoma. We were... We were somewhat high on the list, but not all that high. Oh, where is it? Sorry. It was a... No worries. Let's see. Okay. Top eight states with the highest vaccination death rate are all Republican-controlled red states, and 19 of the top 24 states with the highest vaccination death rate are, again, Republican-controlled red states. Kentucky, Arkansas, West Virginia, Montana, Alaska, North Dakota, Wyoming, Tennessee all top the list, with Florida placing 20th of the list of 51 states. So there could be other factors, but this 5% of vaccine lots fits in pretty close you know we speculated on the two percent thing so two percent five percent somewhere somewhere in there i think was the the ones that'll kill you fast enough to notice right not saying the other 95 percent don't have bad stuff in there for long-term effects but there was definitely some some difference there was a, a reason that they avoided uh, because of the emergency, of course, having to go through manufacturing standards where you you know make sure it's all all the stuff's in there that's supposed to be in there and not stuff that isn't didn't have to do any of that. But. Well, never. I mean, I know that Japan kind of went off the deep end and got every single person that could vaccinated very quickly. But I'll never forget when they first got the vaccines, they stopped. <laughs> they suspended. Right. They, they said, hey, there's, there's all this metal in here. There's stuff in here. <laughs> we got to stop. We're not going to give this out to people. With all oh, this yeah, that was an accident. Uh, probably just uh, mistakes um, when you're opening the vial. Okay, yeah, yeah that makes yeah. sense. So it looks like it, you didn't mix it correctly. Must have. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's fishy from top to bottom, but it's an interesting article if people want to check that out. But Yeah, I, you know, it's all... You can hear Revelations Radio News topics from three years ago on the news today. Like, yeah, hey, no, no kidding. What? It didn't come from what market? It came from a lab? <laughs> can we talk about that again? Oh, you don't want to... Yeah, it's... It eventually becomes a distraction from stuff that's going on now and yeah. stuff that they want to do in the future. That's right, and that's why we will still be here. Watchers on the wall, so to speak, calling it out, making fun of it, and trying to laugh about it. Laugh before you cry. That's right. We'll call it out and laugh about it, because in the end, the battle's already won. 
we didn't have to actually do anything. We just have to identify with the one who won it. And uh, all these people are going down. And uh, we just need to stay smart and not be fooled by a bunch of demons and silly, silly people who think that uh, they're somehow genetically superior to us. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, we need, uh, we need some modern-day G.K. Chesterton and C.S. Lewis folks. I could go. The, for, I could go for some Chesterton and C.S. Lewis. <laughs> some, some. I mean, it's the same ideas. Like the, I'm reading, um, the abolition of man. Okay, rereading that and sure. yeah, C.S. Lewis. It's all the same. The eugenics. It's all the same bad ideas over and over again. Turning now, it's called transhumanism and genetics and what have you. But it's all the same stuff. So I have a beautiful. I guess you pull that thing out i have a beautiful hardcover uh c.s lewis books and it has all of his non-fiction oh wow yeah nice. it's all, all in one form so but yeah he saw this whole thing coming right down broadway yep makes you wonder is it the holy spirit that keeps all of us uh aware of this thing these things well and it's just i'm not saying the people who fell for it didn't have holy spirit or weren't christians but it it just makes you wonder yeah if you're paying attention and you have discernment you should not fall for this stuff you at least shouldn't get a uh injection because everybody else is yeah yeah that's uh well, and that's why it's a, a bit of a litmus test for me on who I'm going to listen to in the future. You know, the I mean, gr- it's- the 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 mom that I got the bar the the haircut with the barbershop high five me for being a pure blood. I think we could. <laughs> think she's safe. <laughs> Tell me so. about the firmament chemtrails and high fiving me for being a pure blood. Do you think she's yeah. safe? Yeah, so, you know, you could I'd, I'd listen to her. She knows what she's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it is funny, man. Oklahoma's, Oklahoma's weird, isn't it? Like, it's unique. <laughs> there's, there's nothing, no, no place out there quite like this. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I love it, man. It's... The, <laughs> The scenery and the the food and the the people. The people. Most of all. Yeah. People are the best part by far. Yeah. So anyway, I hope wherever you are that there are good people where you are. So uh yeah, thank you for listening to our little podcast. Two guys from the northwest who evacuated to Oklahoma, living through tornadoes and uh <laughs> trying to remain watchers on the wall while we uh raise kiddos and live in this crazy world thanks for uh thanks for listening to our our ramblings yes thanks everybody and tim hopefully we'll speak again next week yes sir let's do it a copy of this podcast as well as links to each story covered are available at revelationsradionews.com to contact andrew and tim or to support revelations radio news please visit revelationsradionews.com and click on the contact tab or support tab 
Please check out the other podcasts at revelationsradionetwork.com and thank you for your support of this podcast. Don't you say-